Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Nightmare Cinema and the third in our True Nightmare series. Now, Sean's not going to thank me for this, but I just need to make an announcement. I pulled a muscle, my shoulder muscle in work the other day. I can see him rolling his eyes. I don't care. And to combat this and to be here today, the dedication that this boy's got, I've had to take quite a lot of painkillers. So I feel a bit floaty, not like I'm here. So if I drift off into another dimension, please forgive me. And it's up to Sean to bring me back. Now that we've got our... So he's pulled a shoulder and had two paracetamol and thinks he's drugged up to the eyeballs. He's just so dramatic. For the record, I have not had two paracetamol. Well, I've had two paracetamol, but I've had a lot more than that. But let's just move on from that. Your hero is uh, has arrived Jesus and I'm here now. The exorcism of Emily Rose. And I hear a million people cry. Why are you doing that? That's Because it is still based on a true story, although there are have been more films that are more solidly based on it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is kind of loosely based on it. However, it's the one that most people will know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the one in kind of the mainstream around here. There are a few more, but this one is kind of, well, it's been described as famous for this reason, for being a true story. So this is the one we're going to do. You want to argue? Swivel. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so what we'll do first, if it's okay with you, Sean, is we'll talk about the film and then we'll talk about... Um, Fantastic. So, yeah. So, Exeter Manly Rose, 2005, Scott Derrickson. I hear a lot of people say, who's he? Uh, you may remember him from such, from such films as uh, Sinister and Sinister 2. And literally, that's probably about it because he hasn't really done much other than that. I read the Doctor Strange, but... Do you know what? Yeah. That really shocks me. Because there are some shots in this film that are absolutely stunning. And then you say Doctor Strange to him, and I'm like, what? Yeah. He also did, and this is probably why he hasn't directed too many films, he also did the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still, which explains oh, an awful lot why his career is just... Oh. Gone. Okay. So, yeah, that explains an awful lot. Um... Starring Laura Linney. Let's just never mention her again. Oh, I love Laura Linney in this. This is going to be one of those days, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Laura Linney, Jennifer Carpenter, who you may remember from such good TV series for like four seasons as Dexter. And the always amazing Tom Wilkinson's in it as well as a priest, so Mm -hmm. why not? And Campbell Scott's voice, because Campbell Scott just fills the room, his voice... Is, is its own entity in this. should really say entity in this, but anyway. Um, well, yeah, based on the real-life case of Annalise M- M- Michel. Michel. Or Michel in 1976, um, but obviously more on that later. Uh, the other two films are Requiem and at the Anna- Annalise the Exorcist tapes, which only came out in 2011. And it's got actual accounts in it. I just wonder what it is about that story that is, it's, it's got three films about the one story. Not, not like three films in terms of like, a, like a, an original two sequels, but like three films about the same story. What is it? Like it is fascinating, isn't it? But let's, yes. go, back. let's go back to this no. film, sorry. Hold that thought. Ask that question again when we're talking about the actual story because that's a good question. That. Okay. 
I'm forgiving you now for mocking my sore um, shoulder. Sorry. Um, about the film, me personally, you know what I'm like. I'm, I, I like a film for ages, and then I do this, and I watch it again, and then I hate it. And exactly the same thing has happened again. Thank you very much for ruining another one. Um, it's quite interesting at the end of the day, uh, but the execution is just... It's not, it's not all that. Um, I love... There's bits of it I do like, I have to admit, and I, I'm, I will watch this again before I die. Um, over social next week probably, but um, it's it's I like the way that it's it's you know the bit. I have to go back a, a little bit to explain this. As soon as you make a film about this, you're going to be compared to the greatest one of the greatest films that's ever existed. That's the problem with making an exorcist film, exorcism film. No matter what it is. It could be completely original. This is actually quite unique, to be quite to be mm. honest with you. But as soon as you put that title or that premise or that theme in it, you are then compared to one of the greatest things ever made, and yeah. you will not win. You, I, I agree with you there, but these are two very, very different films and hand, they're handled in really, really different ways, I think. But I do agree with you when you see the word exorcism, it's like, oh, but it's not The Exorcist, is it? Yeah. But it doesn't need to be. And I do find this film... Well, the first time I watched this film, I found it very scary. Very, very scary. Like, I was very scared. <laughs> and that, well, that's I'm, something I never really say. Yeah, I'm quite... Um, I'm not very good. I may have mentioned this once or 500 times before, God. but I'm not very good with horror films. I never really found this creepy, yeah, but I never really found it scary. I did, mm. however, find it very interesting the first time I watched it. And I think the only reason that it didn't do it this time is because I'd seen it before and I was expecting, I knew what was coming, but it is genuinely interesting. It takes the, you know, the bit in The Exorcist where they take it for the temporal lobe, the frontal lobe tests, mm -hmm. and everything that they do, is is clear which mm -hmm. is one of the strongest points we've talked about this almost 22 episodes i think this has been mentioned in every single one <laughs> but it's the strongest one of the strongest bits of that film is the fact that everything that science has got is explained away mm -hmm. that that is the, the the one of the brilliant films about that film and they, they they do it in this and they do it really well in this it's like the, every the, the, it's basically two kind of viewpoints, isn't it? There's the viewpoint of the inherently Catholic religious family who believe that this girl is, is there's no no debate in that. And then there's the view of medical medicine, and I and I, and it's really it's good it's it's really well done. It's really mm. it's good. It's a, it's an excellent kind of yeah. uh, perspective. No, it is. It absolutely is. And somewhere in between those two things is the actual truth of what, what happened. Um, you know, you can't... Well, we're going to discuss the actual story later on, aren't we? But I keep leaning more towards going to, to talk about that. But let's stay yeah. with the, the film, we're, we're, we're not going to be on this very long because I'm, I've just about finished with the good points about it, which was literally that. Okay, well, can I say some good things then? Yeah, but they won't be correct. Okay. So I think directorially this film is oh, God. Two, 
two different there's two different sides to this it's like a it, it, it's really strange like the, the, there's really gorgeous poignant moments and then you've just got the bog standard really simple shots really simple storytelling like I, I watched the the very start of it um and I rewound it, like, th- rewound it. Is that still a thing? Skipped back? I don't know what you'd call it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you say like... rewound anymore. <laughs> Most of the people just are just going, what the hell does that mean? I'm Googling rewound it. <laughs> I went back to the start, like, three times to watch that first part where that medical examiner comes to the farmhouse. And the things that he sees, and the look of the whole thing is just absolutely gorgeous it is so so bleak it looks cold and desolate and it's got this beautiful beautiful aesthetic and then there's these things that you're seeing like the the cats moving away from the house and later on you learn that that is emmy emmy lou i was gonna say emmy lou harris emily rose <laughs> <laughs> that's a different film i'm not sure emily rose is a, emmy lou harris is a singer she's not in a film emily rose is the one that brought them into the house and it was like she was gone so the cats left and then there's the beehive which is the idea of all of the the, the, the apparent demons or personalities that are inside her, the snow symbolizing death, the changing of the wind again, like a, a thing of death. And and then I'd never noticed it before, but when the medical examiner goes into the house and um, Emily Rose's dad has got hold of this doll with this broken face and a broken head, and obviously it's it does symbolize his daughter and of you know his hopes for his daughter. It's just shattered now; it's gone. And later on, that's the doll that she throws at her dad and stuff. I just thought that little opening bit was just so full of information. And I'd never realised it before. And this is maybe like the sixth, seventh viewing of the film. So there was a lot. Yeah. You've seen this this film film. six times. Yeah, I love this film. (laughs) It's one of my faves. You've seen this six times and people in the world haven't seen Star Wars once. Yeah, well, Star Wars. Let that sink in. No, I. Do you know what, mate? I actually thinking about it now. Yeah, you can. You it is. It's it. Um, I can sense a very big conflict in both of us with this film. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's bits of it. I mean, I want to like it because I love a good exorcism. I really do. Ever seen that one? The uh, the last exorcism. I have. It's um, like filmed like a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a sequel it. to it, isn't there? Didn't know that. Don't love yeah. it that much then. If there is. Uh, I love it. I've not seen I'm the not... second one, but yeah, the first one was good until the yeah. very end. And then I, I didn't know, there was like three possibilities and they didn't know how to end this. So they just sort of threw them all in. And I was like, oh. Okay. Oh, I, I, I liked it. But, um, I mean, I think... With this, I just I know the I know the the they the kind of they've got boundaries because they want to keep it based on a true story. But I I think it just it, the first time you watch it, I you think it's great, you really do, and then you watch it again and you think there is no tension in this, there's nothing in it, and and then you've got when she's oh god when she's walking through that. The, the kind of campus and all the CGI faces oh, turn into demons. I was glad you've mentioned that because I was just about to say I cannot bear that shit. It kills all of the realism 
for fucking for God's sake, they didn't use CGI in Jacob's Ladder, and it still scares the piss out of me to this mm. day. Agreed. I completely agree with you on that point. I hate that CGI nonsense. I, I would love to find the person who started that trend and I'd twat them because I hate it. Like, what are it you is, doing? Do you know what? You've just, you've just said trend there and I've just realised how many films it's in. They've yeah, all just come to me all the once. time. It's all the time. And, it, and it's just, it's like that thing, do you know that thing on Snapchat where they go, where, where they like, it, it's like a filter and it just turns your face into like scary thing and you use it to scare your dog and your kids mm. and stuff. It's 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 that, it and is it's that. on Snapchat. It's on a fucking app for your phone. It is. Are we allowed never to get Snapchat? the Exorcist on an app? Other dick pic sending media oh. formats oh. are available. <laughs> there we go. That covers us. So I do sort of get what you mean. Like I think the quality dips at various points, and I it does feel like a at some point a made for TV film. And I don't know if that is the quality of the film or the fact that it is basically a court case drama as well as a horror film. Yeah. I don't, I don't, act, I don't quite know. I don't know how to place that, but I think I, I think it might be a mixture of both. I think that the director wanted to make a horror film, and the studio wanted to make a courtroom drama about scientific facts versus religious belief um it's something in the middle and it's a bit of a mess in places but there are some good moments in it i will say that um it's just that once you've seen it well i don't know how you've watched this seven times um once you've seen it once it, it takes the life out of it and it takes the excitement out of it and it it, it builds a quite a quite a, a good take on it and Unfortunately for me, because of because of if I talk about it on the one viewing, then I could probably get excited. But I think it's not just the medication; it's the lack of excitement for this for this film. It's oh. like it's very very difficult for me to get excited over this film because it just it it's it limps from good moment to good moment for me. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but every time you go back to the courtroom, you go, <laughs> and it. It kills it. It kills the momentum dead. And then no, it... I, I no, I don't. I, I think I see where you're coming from, but no, I don't. I don't think it does kill it for me. And I didn't get really disheartened when it went back to the courtroom. For me, do you know what it felt like? And maybe it's because I'm used to this format. But you know, old episodes of the X Files. I I keep mentioning it all the time lately. But um, old episodes of the X Files where you would have the paranormal. So Mulder telling his version of events and Scully going, no, 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 this is what could have happened. Yeah. And that's what it felt like for me. So I didn't, that didn't bore me. That was something I was used to and, and kind of liked and felt familiar with. No, I'm with you there. However, when they do it in the X-Files, the execution is absolutely brilliant. Except like, for seasons 10 and 11. Oh, um, they forgot how to tell stories. But in in the vast majority of them, the execution is so well done. Like the way that the, the the interplay between them both, it's stuff of legend now. So it's it it, and it just doesn't happen in this. It's just not there. Some apart from um, Campbell Scott's voice, which is absolutely perfect. This very calm prosecutor like mm. one of the one of the moments i remember the most is when he shows holds up those two pictures at the beginning of the trial 
And um, to be quite honest, Jennifer Carpenter, you can't really tell a difference apart from a little bit of blood on her face. But it's like, it's the gasps from the jury and you just think, and the way he, he kind of addresses it so calmly as well. They needed more of that. They needed more of that delivery, but it was just not there. It, it, I mean, it was the first time, but it wasn't after that. I was just, you're just expecting all this. Bah! It's frustrating. It frustrates me. It, 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 oh. I've actually written here, Campbell Scott has an amazing voice and the production gets mad props for casting him solely on that basis. That it actually made me write it down. That's how good his voice was and how sparse of positivity I was about it this time around. Hey, I've always liked this. I've all, I've always liked this film, and I came to do it now. And I'm and like you do with most films, you make me make me hate it. Well, not hate it, just dislike it. No, uh, no. You, I mean, you can't. You can't. You just can't. It is full of some really, really good, really good moments. Really good moments in there. Um, I love all the like the psychological and, and scientific explanations, and I love that Erin Bruner just completely tears them to fucking shreds. The way they've written her, her character as a lawyer is so spot on based on other courtroom dramas that I've watched. <laughs> not any actual, <laughs> not any actual legal proceedings that I have witnessed. At, at but, weekends, Sean yeah. is, a, is a defense attorney for <laughs> accused it exorcists. Seems- it seems spot on. It seems believable. She seems believable. She seems like a bit of a shark. And I love the fact that her character has a bit of an arc where she's like, she's a rising star and she'll do anything to get to the top. She gets to the top and she's like, I'm not going to take your warnings. I'm just going to do what I need to do to get through this yeah. case. And then by the end, she's like, I'm not asked. <laughs> keep your promotion and keep your partnership offer. Um, I love that she's got that little arc. Um, but I think what what is probably missing is us getting to know Emily Rose a little bit more because we don't really, and we don't really, we don't fear for her because we don't know her. But what I think scares us is, I, I, I do feel like they handle that well. Like we don't need to get to know her because the story is scary anyway. And the things that you see are scary. But I want to buy into that character a little bit more. Um, no, I, th- I completely agree with that. I completely agree. For me, the only reason that I had any empathy towards it was because it was Dexter's sister. That was it. That was how I knew her. She wasn't Emily Rose. I can't even remember it. Deb, Debbie, Debbie Dexter's sister. That's why I, I knew her. There was no, and again, I'm going to do it again and I'm going to get, booed off the park like so many Man United players but it's it's you come back to the exorcist and you, you're half the film getting to know Reagan mm-hmm. and you by the time shit hits the fan or piss hits the floor in her case um, <laughs> well you, you you love that you absolutely love that kid if you could jump through that screen and do what Karis does at the end you would but with this one, you are absolutely spot on with that. You just don't know this kid enough, this girl enough. Mm. You don't well, know what, what her favourite colour is, even then. Audiences have changed, though, haven't they? Like, I mean, we've spoke about people going to see The Exorcist nowadays in cinemas and stuff, and uh, it, audiences have changed. They don't want that 
thing where you get to know people. They just don't. They want to get straight in. They want to get straight to the action. They're not bothered about the characters. And that's what separates people who, in, who love film from people who like to go to the cinema. Well, then you have to ask yourself, who was this film made for then? Because it was, made, horror, it was made for horror. obviously a mass market, wasn't it? It was made yeah. for as many people as possible, as all films are made now. Horror, horror film audiences aren't, they're very, well, you know this because you are one. Uh, they're very particular and they're very intelligent. And they'll see, like horror films made generically, they're forgotten and you have to have something new and intelligence to it that sounds like it's it's got a life form in it that's that's no i don't mean that i mean like it has to have something more this does but we have to feel that empathy for the person possessed or the or a possession film just does not work i have to feel the empathy for someone involved maybe would they want us to focus on the lawyer maybe that's and the priest, maybe that's yeah. what it is. I felt like the sympathetic um, focus was Father Moore, um, not even Erin Bruner, who's obviously our, she's our, well, she's our protagonist in this film, isn't she? But I feel like the the sympathetic focus is um, Father Moore, definitely. Yeah, for, for me though, I 100 million percent agree with you that they should have expanded that that. But then how how would they have done that then? Because, you know, the way they've chose to tell the story is through a courtroom drama. So you'd, you don't get that in, in courtrooms, do you? It's not like, oh, Emily was raised here and this is what she did and this is how she was in school and blah, 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 blah. You don't get that level of information. You get what is relevant to the trial, don't you? Yeah. Then it shouldn't have been called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It should have been called The Trial of Father Thingy Moore. <laughs> who was on trial for the exorcism of Emily Rose, though. Yeah, but it, if it's not... No, that is the, the focus of the film, is the exorcism. It, it's not whether... It's not like the exorcism is a real thing. It's like, is this... Did this happen? Well, obviously, the exorcism actually happened, but did it help? What was it about it? Do you know what I mean? It's, there's more to it. So I think the exorcism of Emily Rose is the right title to have. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of if this is a good film or not. I don't think... Well, I'm going to tell you it is. Well, you're fucking wrong. Um, It's got good moments. Um, What was was the scariest part of this film for for you, genuinely? um, This is weird for me because I, I... There's got to have been one point where you've thought, oh, shit... Probably the beginning, probably probably that, and even then, it was just. I can't. There's there's no moment, no scary moment in this film that jumps out at me. On me, there there are. I walk down the stairs in the dark, and three jump out on me. Then, (laughs) so there are two really, really scary moments, and none of them happen around the exorcism. They actually happen to Erin Bruner, and the first one is when she wakes up at three o'clock and she smells something burn and really nice build to it. And then she goes into the kitchen. She can't smell anything. And then the front door opens. Oh my God. To her apartment, not to her house, to her apartment. That freaked me the fuck out. And then if obviously freaked her out as well, because she legged it to the door and bolted it shut again. But it's one of those moments where, 
oh, did she lock the door? Could it have been something else? Because you don't see her coming in. She's at home already. And then the next one is the same sort of thing. She's in bed. And then, oh, she's been given the tape by the doctor, hasn't she? And then she hears the tape playing from another room and it's Emily Rose, like, screaming and talking in different languages. I'm sorry, but I had a fucking shat. I don't know how she got out of that bed to investigate that. I'd have pooed me knickers. I'd have burned the fucking place down with me and the tape in it. I've I've just remembered. I've just remembered my moment, and it was when that kind of figure reveals himself. That sounds terrible to the priest. So does that. Um, <laughs> just 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 that because that like that that was like kind of shit like that for me. But that was that was about it. Is that when he runs out in the rain? Uh, yeah, and it's and like opposite. Get, yeah, yeah. It goes back to the courtroom and it says, do you, "Does it? Do you think this was Satan revealing himself to?" And he said, "No, he thinks it was a demon." And he said, "Basically, the fight began." It's on. And that and that was I, I didn't mind that, you know. I mean, it's I so melodramatic. Was, I thought, yeah, it's so I thought melodramatic. That was, but I thought that was one of the weakest points of it. To be honest with you, I, I thought, thought I did, John. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought. The first time you actually see something where he's in the jail and you just see a shadow and he just grips the bars and starts praying. I thought that was more tense than seeing a hooded figure like nodding at him going, yeah, game's on, lads. No, I'm sorry. Fuck off. How stupid. I don't know if it was the visualization or his explanation of it that put me off more. I can't decide. (sighs) Fuck off. Um... (laughs) We're not going to agree on this, are we? We will. Yeah. Probably it not. We, its, we hardly ever do. I'm going to sum this up by saying it has its moments. I will watch it again. But I, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fart in a jacuzzi to me. It's, oh, no, it's not. Let's think about the scene where they're in the uh, barn. So she's done all of the buggy and she's like been biting at the walls, clawing at the walls and all that stuff. And then she jumps out the window and goes to the barn and they all, you know, follow her. And this is where the tape records, isn't it? And she's like speaking in German and Aramaic and Latin and everything. And she's she's just repeating one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, that there's six demons in her. And then she names them, doesn't she? And I just remember that like close up of her face where she says, and I'm the devil. Um, and her oh, eyes. Her eyes, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. my God. I'm getting goosebumps yeah, now, even thinking about it. I agree with that one. That whole scene is one of the most dramatic things I've ever seen in a horror film in my life. With all like the wind blowing through the barn, the horses going nuts, snakes falling out of the ceiling. She's speaking in tongues. The priest doesn't know what the fuck's going on. The doctor wants to leg it. The dad hasn't got a fucking clue. You don't like Hellraiser, but you like this. Don't even compare the two, John. Don't. I know I won't believe me. (laughs) The two, and nor can you, because Hellraiser's like a one, and this is a ten. This is like. Sometimes the thing you say, things you I say, make me want to throw stuff at you. We just really like different horror films. Like I yeah, don't I like, like good ones. You like no, terrible John, ones. You clearly like ones that are a little bit pervy, loads of blood in them, shit stories, poor writing. That's what you obviously like, and I like the opposite. 
I have no comeback. For, if I wasn't on medication, I'd be wiping the floor with you right now. <laughs> I don't think you would. Picking your teeth up off the floor. Shut up. Metaphorically. So, I yeah. can't wait until I'm back on top form. I'm just going to come and bat you. Okay. So the, the barn scene is one of my favorite moments of horror, I think. Not the favorite I, moment, but one of. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's generic uh, and simple. And the tool of, I can't finish that sentence because it'll insult do you, everyone. Do you but think it, is. It, it might seem generic and simple now because since Emily Rose, we've had a lot more exorcism films. And I don't just mean the other two that are based on the same story, but I feel like since we had Emily Rose, we had a lot of exorcism films. A lot. And so yeah. they all maybe sort of seem the same, don't they? It's always about a girl. She's always legging it around in a 90. She's always speaking in foreign languages. So, you know what I mean? It, it does get a little bit repetitious, doesn't it? And it's like, yeah. sometimes it I, all blares into one. Yeah. I will allow this to live because it does do it in a way that is is completely unique. So I'm not going to sentence it to death or anything like that. It has a place in the world. I just wish it was done a little bit different, but I wish every, almost every film, there's about six films in the entire world that I think are perfect that I wouldn't change. And Yeah, but, yeah. Um, let's, let's just agree to disagree that this is... And let's get on to the, uh, the true bit, because I actually I think I'm going to enjoy that bit a lot more than that. Oh, that's disappointed me. Can I just say I like... I like... to a porcupine nut. I like the line after the Father Moore is sentenced as well. You are guilty, Father Moore, and you are free to go. Yes. No. You, you keep saying things and I remember them. I've just, I've watched the film today and I've forgotten all about it until you say things from it. Intel. Heavily medicated. Um, however, I do remember all of this. So, yeah. <clears throat> I, I will end that by saying, saying again, it does have a place in the world. I just wish it was done a bit better. I just wish it was ramped up, but okay, let's just move on from that now. Idiot, fucking idiot. I put a big title in this and it's size 20, what is it? Size 26 font behind the film. Here we go. Right. Now this is where it gets juicy for me. Uh, it's based on the true story of Annalise, say that word again for me. <laughs> Mikkel. Mikkel. In West Germany in 1976, um, she belonged. She was raised by a devout Catholic family, wasn't she? Very um, devout. What What did the Warrens point out last week? Not that. Um, that it only seems to be heavily religious families mm. and people who are possessed by the devil. Another case in point here. That's the Warrens weren't sent here to this one because there's no money in it. It's in West Germany, um, and she underwent. 67 Catholic Oh my God, 67. 67. That is a lot. Over the period of 10 months, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you think it to yourself, well, no wonder she died of exhaustion and malnutrition, Mm. dehydration and God knows what else. Yeah, it's it's a lot that. I've got some facts about the 67 exorcisms. So they took place between 75 and 76, sometimes two sessions a week. And sometimes one session could last up to four hours. I mean, can you imagine getting shouted at by a priest for four hours? When I read that 67, I had to kind of go, what? <laughs> what? 
But this, this, when I was reading through all of this, it kind of does the same thing as the film. You read one thing and then it explains it in in a in the scientific way. So it's like, once I read that, it said like that she'd been diagnosed with epilepsy and numerous neurological conditions unknown at the time. So they're still because she died in seventy six. They're still not known if she was yeah. around now. They could have cat tested her. Well, one and of the doctors I, said that she developed neurosis related to religious iconography, and that was due to punishments that were inflicted upon her as a kid by her mum and dad, but also probably due to her extensive research into Catholicism and Catholic iconography later on in life, like in between high school and university. So it's, she's, I mean. She's researched all of these things <clears throat> and exorcism, possession and demons would have been in there somewhere. So it's like she's took all of these things and her, has she, I mean, to say that she faked this whole thing, given the state that her body was left in is a really unfair statement, I think. I think she was mentally unwell and things happened to and around her because of her family um, that made her believe she was possessed. Oh, without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, I've actually found, I might put it on, um, put the link on the, on the, the uh, what's it called, Instagram later, or when it, when this comes out. Um I've got it's enhanced audio, the real exorcism, um, like a recording of it. And I've actually stopped it where I got up to. It's 10 and a half minutes long. Um, I got up to 38 seconds and had to turn it off because it is genuinely unsettling. That I've, those that that 38 seconds was more unsettling that entire film. Yeah, I heard some of it, and her voice is very strange, but then I don't know what her voice sounds normally. Um it, it, it is really creepy and you know obviously it's all in German isn't it so we don't really know what 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 was said unless you you, you translate it or you've got a, a transcribe of it yeah. or whatever doing doing the little the, the little bit of research that a guy on drugs can do um this scared me more than the film like I'm not I this fucking creeped me out so much I tried to do it last night and every did you hear the wind last night Oh my I God, did that yeah. because I was probably summoning Satan from somewhere. Oh, it was whistling past that. my window and I was like, I can't do this. And I had to get in bed and watch a Disney film. Fucking hell. Which is why I've done it to, I had to do it today. I, I watched the film last night and today. Nothing. Not even a, not even a wiggle. I tried <laughs> to do research on it last night. I, I, I could, I, my blood and it exploded because I couldn't go for a, a, a piss. Like I was, I was, Absolutely terrified I was. I've n- I, it, it, it wouldn't stop. And every time I was trying to explore it further and further, something bigger was happening. The window came open at one point. It was the wind, obviously. But the window came open. Why am I pointing? No one could see. Um, and it, was, it just seemed to be one thing after another. So I just went, I'm not going to do this anymore. So we did it today. Nothing. Satan had left the building. That's what it was. Satan had left the building. Don't argue. Um <laughs> Yeah, but that, that was more scary than anything else. And then, like, I kind of got back into it today. And the more and more I was reading, and the more that science tried to dis, like, not disprove, but explain what was going on, the more I found myself 
this is going to sound dead weird, but the more I sat, found myself rooting for the excess, the, the possession thing. I was like, fuck you, science. So you're more on the side of her being possessed. Yeah. I was trying to p- prove that it was a possession because, again, I needed to justify how scared I was. That's what it was. Well, let's, It was so weird. Let's look at how you've got to that then. So Emily, Emily Rose, oh my God. Annalise Mikkel, her condition began at the age of 16, didn't it? She reported, there was, she had a blackout when she was at school. And then later that night, she felt like, you know, that scene in Emily Rose where she feels someone on top of her in her bed. That's what she actually felt. So she reported a Very entity that moment, very entity. Very entity. A weight on top of her, um, which yes, I think they do explain away as possible epilepsy. I think that is one of the the symptoms or effects of, of epilepsy. And then a few years later in 1968, she had a really similar uh, experience where she was sent to hospital this time to understand what had actually happened to her. Um, and she was referred to a neurologist called Luthi, who couldn't find anything wrong in any of his scans, which is obviously classic horror movie stuff, isn't it? Like, oh, there's nothing wrong. See, see this, sorry to interrupt, but that, that, that should have been in this. It should have been in the film. She should have gone to hospital. She should have been, the, the campus should have taken her to hospital. She should have phoned ambulance. This is the 30 ambulance, but I don't for her. That's just me, though. Carry on. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, it's a good point because she does go into the hospital wing of the um, of the campus, but she doesn't, I don't think we get a report on any of the uh, uh, studies or tests that they did on it. We don't get any of that information, not that I can remember. We just have that one doctor then who came, comes on and talks about his own little pet theory, don't we? Um, so she then had a third blackout after contracting tuberculosis. Um, and at that time, did we not have jabs for tuberculosis in the 60s, 70s? Uh, I don't know. And it was West Germany. Hang on, which one was the bad one? So it also makes me think then, did they not, if if it wasn't available, I mean, if it was available, were they that religious that they didn't believe in having, you know... Which one was the bad Germany in the 70s? I don't... East, wasn't it? I don't know. East, yeah. There's been a few bad Germanys, like... <laughs> so during this one, she reports seeing colours, lights, sound, and this feeling of euphoria. And that at that point, it's when she was diagnosed with epilepsy and she was given this medication. Um, but a condition got worse, seizures increased, and then she, you know, returned to school in 1970. So I don't understand I, I don't understand epilepsy enough and I did hope to do a little bit more research into this before um coming on today because I remember from the exorcist when they're looking at hair scans they're like it's a possible epileptic focus but is that something that you would see on a scan is that something that you wouldn't see I genuinely don't know genuinely don't know or whether you uh, would what, have what, sought it back what, in the day what, what, what do you mean so is there evidence on the brain or in the brain something yeah. that you can see that you would yeah say that's epilepsy or that's what causes You'd, epilepsy if you held if you held two scans up one was an, epi, an epileptic brain and one wasn't you'd know the difference are you sure you wouldn't you wouldn't be yeah because i've seen it yeah okay. but yeah. is that sorry so is that evidence of an epileptic a, attack or seizure 
or evidence of evidence evidence of epilepsy itself like the the there's, potential to have a seizure if you get what i mean yeah there's 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 uh ep, ep, epilepsy like an epileptic brain person mm. person's brain which is very different to an um all right okay a healthy brain i shouldn't yeah would we have um, known that back then would would no I don't think so. Right. No. Okay. Okay. Um, but and well, uh, right. I've I work quite well. Worked uh, before my work went a bit pussy and didn't get anyone with really. I'll stop there. Um, but a lot of our guys used to have epilepsy, and I remember on my second second week, I watched a full on, full on seizure, and I will not bullshit you. If you didn't know what that was, you think Satan is in that. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to be like this, the person who, who had it or anything. He's fine now. But when I saw that, if I didn't, if someone didn't tell me that guy's got epilepsy and I wasn't kind of versed in medicines and the condition itself, because I just come from that area, I would have gone, that guy is having a religious awakening or he's being possessed. It is tr- tr- it's scary knowing, it's scary watching it knowing what it is. It it really is. I'm having fucking flashbacks now to it. So if you're in 1976 in Germany or 1582 in Salem, the first place you're going to go without understanding is, and you're a deeply religious person, is Satanism in this person. And I... Swear on the flag and the Bible. I, I, if I wasn't, if I didn't live in an educated time, that's what I believe too, because I've seen it and it is fucking move. It, it, it is. I the, the thing I can remember was having a guy's hand on my shoulder. He was saying, "It's okay. He's doing this and this and this." All the way through it, it was explained to me, and I just I, even now, this was almost nine years ago, and I, I still think to myself now, "What if that guy wasn't there?" What what would I have done if that guy... And I understood what was going on and it still freaked me out beyond belief. But yeah, I can I can completely see why people in those days thought epileptics were the same. And I'm not dissing the condition or anything like that as a kind of joke. It's fucking serious, man. I'm so glad it's recognised now. But yeah, I can completely understand it. And I've seen scans. Um, the, now you have... Um, uh, medications to trees it's called epilim and it mm. take takes away most of the seizures i mean mo- you'll, you'll still get the odd, odd few but most of them go uh but back in them them days whew, I, I, one of the kind of what's, what's it called like dark age mentalities i really do empathize with a little bit tiny bit mm. so the drug that she was given by her doctors is a drug called tegretol um, and this was an anti anti convulsant, sorry, medication um, used primarily in the treatment of epilepsy and neuropathic pain. It was also a mood stabilizer as well. So they were hoping that it would have a twofold effect uh, with her. However, it can have some pretty strange side effects. Um, some of that is relating to your blood, like anemia, that sort of thing, platelet counts, all that sort of stuff. There has been reported increased risks of suicide or suicidal thoughts. Um, and also 
increased risk of, I'm going to try and say this correctly, hyponatremia, um, which is basically, it's, it's, it's a sodium imbalance or a, so, a low sodium concentration in your blood. And what, what can happen to you, you can have um, seizures and it can cause confusion. So I'm just thinking ahead a little bit. So just bear that in mind um, that it can cause convulsions or seizures and it can cause you to be a little bit confused. So just, just remember that in a second because what we're about to come on to next is still on medication in 1973. She goes to university. Her condition appears to be worsening. So she's still having seizures. She's still really confused. So there we go. Um, and she's extensively at this period studying Catholicism. Like she's really studying it. She's getting properly into it. Um, while praying, she was she reported that she'd have hallucinations. And at this point in 1973, she believed that the devil was inside her. Um, so you can see there that people are wondering why her um, condition is getting worse and it could be down to the drug that she's on anyway, because one of the side effects is that you will continue to have seizures. So rather than the doctors taking it back in and changing this medication, they don't. They sort of just leave it to it. So around the same time, she reported hearing knocking in her bedroom and her sisters, her sisters confirmed that they heard that knocking too. Not really sure... There was no, in my research, there was no explanation of what that knocking could be. It could be something that she is doing herself. It could be something that she is hearing while she's having a seizure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. Um, and she would also frequently hear a voice saying that she was damned. Now, if you hear, you probably know this, John, um, if you hear a voice that is an external voice, so that is not your internal voice, it is a symptom of schizophrenia isn't it? You hear an alien voice and it's usually something about persecution. And I know from when I studied psychology that a lot of women um, who suffer with schizophrenia, it tends to focus around something that is violent. So they're going to kill, they're going to rape, they're going to beat, all of that sort of stuff. So for um, Annalise to hear that she was damned, it kind of links in with all of the research that she's been doing. And all of the, the way that she was raised by in this really staunch Catholic environment. And um, so her behavior would change um, at this point. So she would start to growl like a dog. And um, so really animal behavior, a voice had started to change, but that could be down to a lot of things. Like if she was screaming and shouting, your vocal cords become damaged anyway. Um, and she seemed to have become incredibly strong. Um, someone in the research said Hulk-like strength and she would throw a sister around like a rag doll, which, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, probably one of the most disturbing... I've, I've seen that too. I've, I've, every, everything that... Back in the day, I had like f four years in work where we used to deal with this every day. It's just not like that anymore. It's, mm. we, we, we don't get anyone anyone like that anymore when i first started we actually had real serious mental health conditions and i mean i don't want to make kind of what's the word i'm looking at i don't want to kind of make light of what they were going through but it, you would think like 
a couple of them actually thought they were they were possessed. And mm. when you've got someone staring you in the face saying, I am possessed by the devil, and you're going, you're just not, because I can see your child in front of me. I've 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 been in assistant in a situation so many times, but and I and I never once did I ever think you're possessed by the devil. Mm. Yeah, I'm obsessed with exorcism stories and films and real life cases. I'm obsessed with them, and I've had people come to me saying these things and doing some fucking weird shit, and not once, not even not even close. It's it's. It's 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 so odd, um, for for anyone who understands mental health now, for for them to actually look at something and go that might be a possession that that's that's the story I want to see. Mm. No, I, I yeah I I, yeah. I agree with that. I think probably what is going on here. Well, I'll come on to what what I think is going on here in in a minute. Um, so I just want to go through a little bit more of what she actually did and went right. through. So she would lick her own urine off the floor. Um, she oh, she would chew coal. She would tear off her clothes. She would eat insects. And, so, you know, some of that is in the film, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, any sort of religious iconography at this point, interestingly, like crucifixes and holy water, would drive her mad. Like she would not want to be anywhere near it. Um, her mum reported seeing her staring at a picture of the Vera Ma- Virgin Mary and her eyes were 100% jet black. Is that a possible side effect of medication? I don't know. Or is some sort of state that she was in within her own mental health condition. Um, several priests had declined to perform an exorcism and advised the family to continue with the medical treatment despite what was going on. By September 1973, the parents introduced Annalise to two priests. And one of them believed that she was possessed so much that he went to ask the bishop permission. And the bishop at that time granted permission as long as all of the exorcisms and the whole event was conducted in complete secrecy. So Renz, one of the priests, performed one of the exorcism and at this point she started talking about dying for the sins of the wayward youth so that to me links in with one of those side effects where we're thinking about increased risk of suicide so suicide isn't always a i'm just thinking about how to say this it's not always something that you will actively do in terms of taking a rope or taking a leap off a, off a bridge or doing something violent to your body. It could also be you waiting for nature to take its course. And in this case, where uh, this young woman is so convinced by the mythos of Catholicism and the fact that demons and the devil exist and for her to believe that the devil is in her, that to me is this. She wants to die. She is suicidal. And she is waiting for these things to do it for her. Whether that is demons, the devil, or her own mental health. And that's what I took from from that part. And she'd stopped eating. She'd taken the choice to stop eating. um, And said that she was not permitted to eat anymore. 
And so it, it just further, it further um, strengthens my argument. And at this point, when she stopped eating, it was then that her parents cut off her medication. Now, for anybody who's taken any medication around any mental health condition, it is strongly advised that you do not cut off your medication. You are supposed to wean yourself off. Well, any medication, really, I suppose, unless you have some sort of adverse reaction. Um, but this um, medication that she was on, uh, Tegretol, she, if you suddenly cut off the medication, you can completely rebound and it will look like your, your symptoms are getting worse. So f- for me overall, I'll just have a, a, a brief opinion on what was happening during this Tegretol. So she was epileptic. She started, so she was having seizures. She started taking Tegretol. She was having a side effect that caused her to still convulse from the medication. So the doctors didn't do anything about it. The family didn't do anything about it. She stayed on the medication until the cutoff point. She's cut off the medication and she started to rebound with those original seizure-like things that she was having before the medication started. So it's it, it looks like she's been getting worse and the medication hasn't been helping. The medication hasn't been helping. It's been wrong for her body and her mind, in my opinion. I'm not a medical person, but I'm just reading between the lines of what of the research I've done. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? Well, I had a completely different opinion before you said that. Go on. Now, now I'm a million percent convinced. <laughs> what was no? I was, really, I was really good. I was really really good. <laughs> what really was? Good. Fucking hell! <laughs> Shut up. What was your? I've solved it. I've solved the mystery. What was your opinion yeah. though? Um. Well. I I mean, there, there was no doubt that f- for me it was poor religious guided decision making, and in a time when people didn't understand about this this stuff, one what the decisions that they were making on her behalf led to the next thing happening to her. Up until um, the, the the one thing that we we get told and I know it's different if you if you're religious because you have to go with what your faith is in. My faith will always be in doctors and science and that's it. I don't I don't follow religion, even though I'm obsessed with the occult and I'm obsessed with the, the devil and I actually my slippers have Satan on as we speak. But um it's always gonna be in that. And but but, but if something was happening that was proving all of them wrong then I would pay attention and I'd be like, we, th- th- this, this is why stories of this only really blow me away when all science has been proved wrong. The science in this was never proved wrong. It was just... It was misused. You are, you are two different people. It's, you look at it through one set of eyes, you see something, and you look at it through another set of eyes and you see something else. And that, I mean, that, 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 that's the human race. That is that that is people of faith, people not of faith. You can either you believe what the um fictitious thing in the sky says or what cold hard facts determine. So it's one is guided by I don't want to say nonsense, but nonsense and the other one is actual concrete facts. Um and once they stopped 
with the cold hard facts. I mean, granted, it's all a trial at this point because it's 1976, so it's everything that they were they were doing was was the first time it's ever been tried. But when you're dealing with a family of absolute devout Catholics, they're going to go with what they know. They're going to go with what they believe, and. And then you've also got those, the priests who are like people of authority in a lot of communities across the world. And for especially for the, the Mikel family, they would have been in authority. And for oh, the yeah. bishop to sign off on an exorcism, although a secret exorcism, very weird. Um, that is like, it places some importance and some gravitas on that family and this story and what's happening to their daughter. It, it really does that, I think. It's, um, yeah. And that it was the, from the, from the moment it was kind of handed over to the, to the, to the clergy. It was just, it was never going to end well because the, the, the moment that she stopped, stopped eating and drinking, it should have been, is it intravenous? That's intravenous, isn't it? She should have been fed by tubes. Mm. It's, to do it again, going going from reality back to film. To do it in the Exorcist, she's got the tube in a in a in a, in a mm. nose, covered completely. Um, but this this family were just so devout in their belief. She was, was basically, and and I know, and I know it's real, and I and. There is at the end of all is this. There is a girl who's lost her life to this, um, but as soon as that was handed over to to, to them, that was there for her. She was she was never she was never going to come back. Mm. It's and that like you forget at the at the bottom of all this, there is real people involved. The family has lost the daughter. The daughter has lost her life, and, and in the most horrific way possible. And you have to say, and I don't want to piss people off by this, but it was preventable. Oh, absolutely. 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 Could not agree more. Always, always preventable. Um, so I just want to talk about the six spirits that um, are apparently possessed, possessed here. So... Lucifer, obviously, is Lucifer, the devil. He's got loads of different names, Satan. Oh, no, Lucifer and Satan are two different things. They are, yes. According to demonologists, yes, they are. And that TV show that called Lucifer. Oh, dear. That's um, where I get most of my facts from. And then we have Judas, obviously Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Little bugger. And then we've got Nero... <laughs> who was considered, he was an emperor of Rome and he was considered to be a persecutor of the uh, Christian faith. And apparently under his rule, Peter and Paul, the apostles were um, uh, put to death. Um, Cain is the next who um, killed his brother in season one of the battle. (laughs) 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 And Hitler, obviously we all know who Hitler is. Um, and then a disgraced Frankish priest from the 16th century. And what was his name, John? Uh, Fleischmann. Fleischmann. So he was accused of assault and murder, and he was also a drunken fool. Um, and he was defrocked and excommunicated from 
the church. I'm assuming defrocked means like they took his robe. Or is that like a is that like a public is defrock like a public thing? I can imagine it being Ooh. fairly games of Game of Thrones-ish where they defrock him and then throw Shame. shit at him. Shame. And then sh- and then shave his head and make him walk through the the uh, Maybe I just want this to happen to all priests. So, oh no, it's not. Um, defrock just means deprived. the disappointments in your voice. Then, devastated. <laughs> <laughs> I did expect a little bit of Cersei Lannister here, but it's not. Defrock just means to deprive a holy person uh, of ecclesiastical status. So it was basically you're not a priest on your bike. Um, no, no trial, no jail, no. No, um, so some no, of course not. Basically, <laughs> set the standard for all priests now. Didn't they? <laughs> well, yeah, wow, this fella can get away with that. Bring I on mean, the children. That is the wow. That is the business model, isn't it, for the Vatican going I, I forward? Mean, and it's like, well, we can cover up this one. So, like in a, in in like two thousand years or whatever it was, um, we can then do it again. Let's look at some of the people that she's apparently possessed by Lucifer, Judas, Cain. They're all people from the Bible who everybody knows anyway. Um, Hitler so, wasn't in the Bible. I didn't say Hitler, I just said Lucifer, Judas, and Cain. Oh, there, there, oh, I get you. Yeah, they're all in the Bible. Uh, Nero um, and Fleischmann, they're both people that she would have come across in her extensive research into Catholicism. And Hitler, well, he's like, he's Hitler, isn't he? Like, everybody knows who Hitler is, and obviously she was a German. So did she have some sort of hidden guilt over that, maybe? Even though she was definitely not involved. Um, the link, the links to her from all of those are actually quite interesting. Mm. I mean, the, 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 the Lucifer, Cain and Judas thing, the fairly self-explanatory... But Nero, the Fleischmann, and to a lesser extent, but still to the same extent, Hitler, are actually quite. I think I think Nero, Hitler, and Fleischmann are really surprised. That sounds like me. the greatest solicitors in the world. <laughs> yeah, are they um, <laughs> are the most dangerous. They um, they really surprised me because when you hear of possession stories and exorcism stories. It's it's usually like, I don't know how to say this, like traditional demons like Beelzebub or whoever, whoever. These are people. Personalities. Yeah, which, these are... Where, where these does are that not, bring your almost full circle back to? These are not like, they're not demons, are they? Well, well I mean, it depends how you look at it, doesn't it? Like, I know, you know, I know what you mean, but yeah. But it, it brings you back again to mental health and this... Mm-hmm. It, it just reeks of early mental health in the 70s when no one knew what it was. You remember, well, you don't remember, but neither do I. But there was in the 60s, 50s, 60s and 70s in this country, if you had a mental health condition, a debilitating mental health condition that either made you dangerous or any kind of burden on on your family, the state, whatever, you were locked in a room. You were just yeah, or sent away. Yeah, to, to, to places of absolute hor- horrific, horrificness. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the the homes that did that, they only closed in the 90s. Yeah, like 96, I, I think the last yeah. one was. So it's, 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 it's since 
the millennium that people have really grasped what mental health is. So in 1976, they just would have been starting. No studies would have been, you would have had to do the studies very, very stealthily and on, and on the sly. So you, you can, you can understand completely why this was not recognized. And but you, that's brilliant, 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 brilliant point. It actually says, when I was reading it, it says, thought to have been possessed by six demons. And these aren't demons. These are people. Mm. These are personalities, horrific personalities and utter, utter bastards. But they are people at the end of the day. That's yeah. such a good point. I didn't even, and it was when I was reading it, I didn't even realize that. Oh, well, blame the drugs. God, we're good at this. I think God, you're all, good at this. <laughs> I think what's also interesting about this is Annalisa's age, um, and around this age, I believe I don't want to say this is fact because I'm I'm sort of doing this from memory. Your early twenties is when schizophrenia can develop in a person. I, I I think I'm remembering that correctly, and it just some of these symptoms that she has leans more towards schizophrenia than epilepsy for me. It is possible to have both. I oh, yeah, assume. yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think she had severe cases of quite a few. Yeah, I, I think her mental health conditions were very complicated and very interlinked, very, very yeah. interlinked. And they were all sort of had this focus on religious iconography. I think that's... Um, yeah, I think in in out of anyone who has ever been suffered with mental health conditions, I think this girl might be the patient zero of them all. I think she had interwoven, complex mental health conditions, plural and very, very intense. Is it called comorbidity when you have more than one medical condition? Comorbidity. Um, I'm just going to say, yeah, because okay. that sounds... That feels right. I think I've heard that before. Um, <clears throat> so despite the fact that she'd not eaten and she'd stopped drinking, she did have to be restrained during her exorcisms. I'm not sure whether that was for her safety, whether it was for the priest's safety, or whether it was just for show, to be honest with you, because how much strength could an emaciated young person have um she died at home on july the 1st 1976 of malnutrition and dehydration however the autopsy revealed that she had fractured teeth oh my god two black eyes broken knees and numerous wounds so both of the priests that were involved and her parents faced proceedings for negligent homicide or whatever the german equivalent would have been back in 1978 Um, And the priests stated and stuck to their story that they believe the exorcisms worked despite the fact that she died and she was in such an emaciated condition. Um, They said the wounds on her body could be or would be, in their opinion, attributed to stigmata. And for those who don't know what stigmata is, it is when you display um, the... <clears throat> traditional wounds of Jesus's crucifixion, if Jesus was real, which he isn't. And they would be wounds on your hands and feet. Um, 
you would have wounds across your head from the crown of thorns. And also you could potentially have one in the side where he was pierced, pierced with a spear to make sure that he was dead. Because what happens is your blood and the water and your blood separate. So if water spilled out, they know they would know that you were dead. So here's some problems I have with the phenomenon of stigmata. And now I'm thinking about it. The film Stigmata is phenomenal and we need to do that soon because it is a fantastic film. Isn't that based on a true story? No, I don't think so. I think it's just based on the phenomenon of stigmata. So you tr- you you would um, traditionally get people who would have wounds on in the palms of their hands. Um, that is not how people were crucified because if you put a nail through someone's hand, it would probably likely rip at some point with their weight. So instead they put it through your wrist bone so in between the two bones of your wrist and your arm so that's where it would have actually come out uh, where the na- where you would have been nailed to the cross rather than through your hands so i'm not really sure why these people who are apparently blessed or cursed by jesus or god or the devil would show something that was factually incorrect i don't know i don't know Um, So the court was not convinced by the priest's stories and all parties were found guilty. So the priests were charged with manslaughter and given six months in prison. And they were suspended sentences and the parents received no punishment as the court deemed them to have been through enough. See, right. So... Yeah, <laughs> I, I. It just it, you're in a place where you are asking people questions, and you've made them swear to God, so the court recognizes God, and then evidently it doesn't recognize the work of God. If you're recognizing God exists. And you're recognizing all priests are divine and righteous. In my head, this is what it is. If you, if you, if you, I swear by God means loosely translated. I believe in God. May He strike me down if I lie. That's what you're saying. That's mm-hmm. why if I ever go into court, I'm fooked. I have to swear on like. A, you don't have to swear on the Bible, do you? You can say I don't believe in that. Like, I believe in God. I don't believe in a Christian God. I don't believe in an organized religion God. God, to me, is just an energy that we're all made up of. So you can pick your book. Well, you I don't think belief. you can pick your book. It's either the Bible or you You say something else. The language is a little bit different. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. But in this, in this, it's... Like you can't go in with, like, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And swear, and swear that, I believe that happened more than this. But um, not like this story i mean the bible mm. but in 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 these the, this case they would have sworn on on the on the bible and then you go and god exists oh, do you know what it's just it fucking pickles my head it really no, does i i get i completely get your point and i had not even thought about that like the court are saying god is important enough that you will swear upon his word but then we do not believe a single word that is coming out of your yeah, mouth yeah and you um, are basically his, his messengers or yeah. whatever fucking priests are. Yeah, I've never then, thought of that before. 
But I suppose the point of a court of law is to establish beyond a reasonable doubt whether something did or did not happen. And that obviously we're not, we don't know the case files. I've not read them. We don't know whether that was proven beyond a reasonable doubt because how can you? Um, well, if if you that's what I mean in in that context, them speaking would be the proof that they need. They go, oh, these, but that's righteous. That's, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Yes, you are asking them to swear on the Bible and thus the Word of God, but a court of law deals differently. You have to you have to have evidence. You have to have proof. You can't quantify the spiritual what what film is it you might be able to tell me this what film is it when they say um courts have recognized um the existence of god for years maybe it's time they recognize the existence of satan oh i don't know i thought you were going to go with miracle and 34th street you know what i think it is you're not going to thank me for this i think it's um it's your old friend prince of darkness I think it is, yeah. Let's move on quite quickly before you say yes, anything. Please. About yes, please. So that's the end of Annalise's story. Now she's obviously sparked three films about her tale. And when I was first researching this, I was sort of like, okay, but what about why didn't the medication work? And obviously, as I've spoken about it, I've come up with my own little theory that we discussed before. So Originally, I was leaning to more towards something else was going on here, but now I'm completely convinced that she was just misdiagnosed and mistreated. Come on, let's let's do our votes then. What? Let's go with the film. What's your review? What's your vote? The film. I mean, it's it's it's. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it because you. I promise you, you will enjoy it. But it's. Use once and then destroy. It's popcorn all the way. I mean, I'm not going to say it's poo because it's not. It's, it's it's far away from poo because the first time you watch it, it is an experience and it is very, very, very enjoyable. Well, mm-hmm. in a tragic sort of way. So I can't. I'm never going to say it's 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 um. What's the bad one we we do? <laughs> Certified nightmare. Certified nightmare. Um, it's definitely, but it's it's nowhere near as good as others. And again, you've got that thing where you made a film about an exorcism. So if you, you are, unless you make a masterpiece, it's just only ever going to be okay. Even a good exorcism film is going to be okay because you've got this, <laughs> you've got this presence already in your life hanging over you. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it's a living, breathing entity, the exorcist. It's, it's, life-changing world-changing religion scaring genius and if you're gonna go and try and make an exorcism film you have to bring you have to bring the the very best that you have i like this because it comes from a different angle and you've got the court case and they do try and move away from the exorcism side of it and i Firmly believe it's because they've they've tried to wrestle in the in the kind of think tank rooms and the writers rooms and stuff. They've wrestled with this. How can we take on the Exorcist? And they've very very cleverly gone. We can't. Let's make something else. <laughs> and we can't just leave to, it. 
Yeah, you have to give it props. Know, know when your enemy is... Well, not your enemy. Know when you're going up against some a force of nature. And to to it, as good as The Exorcist is and as wonderful as it is, it has <laughs> slightly contaminated an entire genre of films because no one can take it on. Mm. And you get films like this, which are a bit of a mess, but all right as well. Mm. And that's just, that's where I come from on that. I enjoy mm-hmm. this. I really do. It's definitely Stay for the Popcorn. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It really is good the first time. But then over time, the comparisons will start. And it might just be me because I compare everything in my life to The Exorcist. No <laughs> one understands how much I love it. No one gets it. <laughs> Only you're probably the only person. You and Johnny are probably the only people who understand just how much I love this film. That film. I'm thinking about it now. And I'm smiling from ear to ear. It makes me so happy. I'm gonna watch it in a minute. It makes me so happy. It really does. And you cannot take on the the the, the big daddy of the lot. You can't. Okay. Do it. Okay. So I'm going to agree I with you, it. but I'm also going to disagree with you as well. I don't think I agree that they you can't take on the Exorcist when you make an exorcism film. I don't think it even tried. I don't even think it was a discussion, personally. I think this is our story. This is how we're going to tell it. Let's crack on. I do believe that some of the scenes and some parts of the story depreciate with each rewatch of the film. Absolutely agree with you. But then there are some parts that just stand up. And there are some parts that you are going to see on rewatch that you've never seen before. Like that whole opening scene, I just thought, oh, that's quite nice. Didn't take any of those other little aspects and those little hints about what was coming in later on. I did not even take them on board until today because I get like my nightmare cinema head on and I pick up on things that I've never noticed before. For me, this is a true and classic horror film for the most part. Some of it definitely feels like... um, a little bit like Murder, She Wrote, in part. <laughs> where where it's really, really like by the numbers courtroom drama. Um, maybe Murder, She Wrote is too light. Maybe it's a bit more like The Good Wife, Love Alicia Florrick. Um, Maybe it's a little bit more like that. Um, but I, I do overall think that this is a, I do think that this is a really good horror film and I really believe in it. I really believe in these characters and this story and how they've told it. Like I really, really do. And for me, it is nightmare cinema all the way. Um, you love it. You really love it, don't you? I, I really do like the film a lot. I'm yeah. very surprised I by really that. Do. I really do. It's, it's, it's just got a special place for me. Like I really do like it. I really do think... It is very, very good exorcism film. But like you say, we've not really got that much to compare it to because a lot of exorcism films tend to just be either a carbon copy of The Exorcist or a carbon copy of this um, in some parts. But I don't think this tried to be anything that came before it. I, I just love that about it. Um, so yeah, Nightmare Cinema for me. I'm... I'm, 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 I'm... <laughs> And so, okay, the 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 actual story, Annalise um, Mickle. What do you think of that story? Do you believe she was possessed? Do you believe that she was not possessed? She's not possessed. It's not about what I believe. It's medical fact. Mm -hmm. It's it's she wasn't. 
She just wasn't. She was very, very, very ill. And to a devout Catholic family, um, she would have looked possessed. But yeah. now she's even even just looking at the evidence now without uh, uh, the the medical sort of brains that we've got behind it, you know, that it's she's it's it's personality disorders on top of epilepsy on top of schizophrenia on top of something else that we'd never even heard of on top of something else and all of them combined have blown her head off um yeah absolutely it, I, it, it, it's it's just a, it's it's a, the, the saddest fact is if this girl if this happened to this girl now she'd be okay she'd live a full life and she'd be after a bit of treatment obviously um she'd live a full life and she would be okay and you're talking this was 50 years 50 years mm. I, I i do agree with you i think she was a mentally ill person and i do believe she was misdiagnosed or they didn't have a diagnosis for her set of symptoms so they made a fit epilepsy and um, when there were other things going on there that they didn't really talk about or detect um and that mixed in with that that heavy religious upbringing is it's like a perfect storm for being fucked up i was just about to say that you shitbag um, <laughs> so, perfect storm brilliant yeah it is um I, I agree i think she was a mentally ill person she was not possessed i believe she definitely definitely believed that she was possessed herself but it was not true it was not it was yeah. not what was happening to her yeah and priests were not going to help but similarly, the medication she was on and the science of that time were not going to help her either. Yeah, she was she was fucked. Yeah, between between the scientific the medic medical limitations and the fact that her family believed in this thing in this possession wholeheartedly, she this, was, for want of a better word, fucked. Yeah, it's such an interesting case, isn't it? Because it's not like. It's not like anything that we've looked at before in terms of the Warren and Amityville. It's that was more like these people said that they were haunted. Okay, great. Where's the evidence? We didn't have any. We just had people's word. This is like we've got photographs, we've got um, audio recordings, we've got witness statements, we've got doctors' reports, we've got loads of evidence there. Yeah. And th so this feels true. It feels real. Yeah. Um, it feels more real than Lorraine Warren, anyway. The, the more evidence you've got, for one thing, the more that can be, what's it called, cross-examined mm. for the other. For the Absolutely. other, and I think that's what this does. I think because they've got that much evidence. I mean, we've got got pictures. Um, I found some pictures on the internet, and they are harrowing, mm. <laughs> fucking harrowing. Yeah, but they can be explained away. It's it's I've seen people look very similar. Um granted they were in hospital at the time and one of them was restrained, but it's um it it, it it's it's harrowing, that's what it mm. is. It's it's tragic is the word I wanna say I wanna use the most. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Really, really is. I just I just wonder what would have happened to Annalise if she was in a non religious environment yeah. probably it probably obviously the epilepsy and the schizophrenia the alleged schizophrenia would have still came about um but the religious aspect of it and the possession idea maybe would not have been there 
because she wouldn't have been exposed as heavily. To, I mean, I was raised a Catholic. <laughs> um, all that holy water didn't help. Um, but I was raised a Catholic and, you know, I was not heavily Catholic. I went to church on a Sunday and I went to Sunday school up until a certain age. And then I was like, that's not for me. I'm not going. Um, so I was three when I decided that. Oh, God. Obviously. I'll tell you the story. I will tell you the story. I was in... Um, we were in infant school and we used to, we used to, do, I don't know if you did this cause you're a little bit younger than me, but not mm-hmm. like, did you used to pray in school? Yeah. We always said the Lord's prayer. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't understand why we did that. And I asked the teacher and I got shouted at, and I was like, nothing's happening when I'm praying. I was three. And then I moved into infant school and we were still doing it and nothing happened. And I was about five when I realized it was all shit. And when they said, when they said it's time to pray, I just put my head down. Didn't even bother trying to get in contact with him. He's not getting contact with him. Getting contact with him is the funniest. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of young kids have probably experienced that similar thing where like, I'm not praying. I don't believe in this. So we would just bow our heads because that was the same experience for me. I just used to bow my head and like, Boo. but then I love a good Jesus anthem. So I love like a nice hymn and stuff. I love all that. So when we did them at the end of assembly, that was my fucking time to shine. I had a ball. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode so next time we're going to be looking at <clears throat> one of my favorites the entity um from 1982 starring barbara hershey I'm really looking forward to that one it's one of my favorite films so john it's the in that film it is awful it's really bad but yeah. a very entertaining film up until a certain point anyway we'll leave that till next time um so thank you so much for listening um If you do like this episode, please give us a review or some stars. Thank you. That would be great. Oh, yeah. We should also just point out Johnny again isn't here because he's off with his band touring Farmageddon. Um, Hope it's going okay for you, lad. I'm sure it will be. Um, The band Seas of Neptune um, (laughs) are fantastic. So give them a listen on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to your, your tunes. Um, Okay, thanks for checking us out. Bye. Merci beaucoup. See you soon. Bye, 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 bye. (laughs)